I feel an urge to apologize for this episode being about what it's about, which I think says everything that needs to be said about why this episode needs to happen. And in general, we need to talk more about this topic. Of all the things that happen to every single human, I feel like this is the one that we talk about the least. And I feel like it's such a missed opportunity. Getting Discomfortable with Death Inevitably, whenever I bring up the topic of death, someone says, Can we talk about something else? Can can we talk about something more pleasant? Why do you have to be so morbid, AJ? Why do you have to focus on the dark side? But why is death as a topic so encased in negativity, so to speak? Why is it assumed that it has to be this dark, bad, scary, unpleasant, macabre, morbid thing? Don't be morbid, which just means don't talk about things relating to death and decay. Why is morbid even a pejorative word? We act like death is the worst thing ever. But I guess what I want to say with this episode is that death isn't the worst thing ever. That death is the perfect solution to life. That it doesn't have to be a scary or bad thing. That it's actually maybe a really good thing. First of all, I get it. Of course, death is something we don't want to talk about. If you look at humans, presumably our most core and primary value is survival. Like just on a physical level, that is our body, our instinct, our psychological makeups. Most important purpose is just to survive. So death is, of course, the opposite of surviving. Death is the thing that we are programmed on every level to avoid. So it makes sense that we would also want to avoid talking about it and thinking about it and looking at it. That all makes sense. But what's so interesting about the way our body operates is that when it produces an unpleasant feeling, we associate that with an objective sense of badness, like as if God had said it is bad. When we feel that unpleasant feeling, it's not just the same as when we stub our toe and feel physical pain. Unpleasant emotions take on this whole other level of intensity and meaning that says anything associated with these unpleasant emotions is deeply, inherently, objectively bad somewhere out in reality and needs to be avoided. Our emotions are so powerful. And our unpleasant emotions create these beliefs about what things mean. So when we think about death, of course, our body wants us to survive and avoid death. So it associates it with all these unpleasant emotions like fear and grief and shame. 
And it wants us to think that death is the worst thing ever so that we don't ever do it. Sometimes this backfires in the form of suicide. But I actually think that there is an adaptive angle to suicide that kind of makes sense in evolution when you look at our value as not just the survival of ourself, but the survival of our species or of our family or of our genetic line. I don't think our body is designed just to protect itself. Clearly, we also strongly want to protect our family and our children and our loved ones. And I'm not an expert in suicidal ideation, but I am aware that often connected to thoughts of killing oneself are beliefs that people would be better off without us, that we are a burden, that we are a mistake, that we are a problem, that we are bringing everyone down, that we are making other people's lives worse. So suicide in that sense could be seen as an adaptive strategy to help our loved ones survive. A misguided strategy, to be sure, because in this modern world, we are much more likely to deeply hurt our loved ones through suicide than we are to protect them. But it still has its own kind of logic around survival. So our body creates all these unpleasant emotions to guide our behavior in ways that it thinks will help us thrive and survive. So death naturally just feels bad and wrong and scary to us. And pretty much any time we experience the death of a loved one, there is some question in our mind of, I could have done more. I could have saved them somehow. So we create this sense of maybe I'm at fault, which connects to shame. I am ashamed of the fact that I didn't try hard enough. I am bad because I didn't do everything I possibly could to save them. It's a very natural reaction to someone else's death to feel shame that says, this is kind of my fault. I could have done more. So in all these different ways, our nature is using these unpleasant emotions to stimulate all of these beliefs about the world that say that anything connected to death or decay or dying is deeply, objectively bad in reality, for real, dark, evil, awful, scary, sad, whatever you want to call it. But when you step away from your emotions... And you look at things with a little bit more dispassionate logic. You realize, of course, that there is nothing actually wrong on an objective level with death. If our body didn't make us afraid of death, if it didn't force us through unpleasant emotions to avoid death through every instinct to not die, we wouldn't really care. We'd be fine to die whenever it was that we died. And I'm not really suggesting that we should just ignore our emotions and pretend like they aren't real, even though their messages are not objectively real. I think there's an opportunity to have a lot more openness, transparency, curiosity, and acceptance around death, perhaps even appreciation. A while back, I was dealing with a medical issue, 
And one night I woke up and started to kind of panic. Like, what if this medical issue is way more serious than I think it is? What if it's some life-threatening illness? What if I'm like about to die and I just don't know it? Kind of classic dark night of the soul that I think we've all had at various times wrestling with our mortality. What does it mean that we're going to die? How do, how do you accept that? How do you deal with it? And I started to imagine, well, what if there's an afterlife? What if I get to carry on in some way and there's a whole other adventure? And I found that to be deeply appealing. I, I was surprised at how much I wanted there to be an afterlife. But then... I started thinking about it a bit more logically, and I realized that the whole idea of an afterlife isn't really an afterlife at all. It's just a desire to continue wanting life, wanting to be conscious, wanting to carry on. It just plays naturally into our innate instinctual desire for survival. It's not actually any different. So all I was really saying was, I want to survive, of course, because that's my nature. So it raised the question, do I want to survive forever? Do I want to just keep going with no end? That thought is a little bit overwhelming. Because the truth is, though I think life is such a precious and fascinating miracle, it's like I can't believe how lucky we are to be alive, to be experiencing the experience of consciousness. It's fascinating. Like, what a treat. And I've, I've heard there's a doctor who tried to figure out the statistical odds that we would exist at all. And the number of possible humans that could have existed but didn't is so absurdly high that it makes each and every one of ours existence like a statistical impossibility, basically. It means that each of us, even though there's like 8 billion humans, each of us is so incredibly rare in the grand mathematical scheme of the universe. So I really do want to honor that being alive is this incredible, miraculous gift. But it's intense. And it's full of these emotions that are painful and unpleasant. It's full of suffering. We as an animal have all of these kind of best practices for how to function optimally, but yet we live in a reality that isn't necessarily designed to meet all of those needs. So naturally, we end up feeling a lot of our unpleasant emotions. It's impossible not to. So life while miraculous and amazing and special, is overwhelming. It's so intense. It's just like this non-stop barrage of emotions and ups and downs. And frankly, the thought of having to do that forever is like this never-ending marathon. And it doesn't have enough rest. It doesn't have enough of a break. And I can kind of see in that perspective suddenly a desire that though I'd love to live for a long time and see everything that happens in the future and find out the answers to questions and learn everything there is to learn, that at some point, yes, I would want a break, 
I would want a stop. I would want some respite. And the perfect break, stop, and respite to life, to this nonstop barrage of experience, is, of course, death. A complete and utter lack of experience or consciousness or awareness or sensation. Just nothing. I notice that at a lot of awards shows, people winning Oscars or Grammys or whatever like to thank their dead grandparents or dead parents. And you often hear people saying something like, I know grandma is looking down on us right now and she's proud or happy or whatever grandma is supposed to be. And when I hear that, with this new perspective that death is the ultimate antidote to life, I'm like, no, I hope that grandma is not looking down on us right now. If grandma is in some kind of afterlife looking down on us, that means that her suffering is not over. If grandma is looking down full of love and care and emotion for the rest of her family, that means that she is also feeling all kinds of pain and suffering and disappointment and fear for what we are experiencing in life. She has to watch us go through all of this hardship and pain and confusion And and she has to know that we don't really know what's coming. We don't know if there is an afterlife. We don't know if it all works out. So she's up there full of concern and empathy for all of the horrible shit that we are going through in life. And that doesn't sound like any kind of beautiful break from the intensity of living at all. Once again, it's the exact same problem. Even if you're up in heaven where everything is supposed to be paradise, I don't see how it possibly could be paradise if you are in any way aware of all of the suffering that is happening to sentient beings on earth, including your loved ones and your family. How can you possibly just be relaxing in some cloud in the sky knowing that your grandchild is in pain, knowing that you're own children have no idea what is in store for them. It just doesn't add up. And if once you get to some kind of afterlife, you are changed in some way, such that, say, you don't have the same emotions or something, then that doesn't really make me feel any better either. Our emotions are this kind of perfect balance. And you need the unpleasant emotions to make the pleasant ones feel pleasant and vice versa. So if up in some kind of heaven afterlife, you lose the capacity to feel pain, then you're basically just not feeling anything. You're not feeling good because there is no bad. So you're kind of just neutral, which means that you're not human anymore because our emotions are basically the main thing that make us human. Our instincts and the way that we feel these ups and downs in relation to connection, meaning, and survival. That's what makes us a human. So if that is changed in heaven, then we're not human anymore. And it makes this whole being human thing look like a twisted game. Why are we down here suffering on the roller coaster of emotional ups and downs? 
only to be taken to some kind of afterlife where all of that is then stripped away. Then I'm not me anymore. Then it's like, well, I don't even really care what happens to that non-human, non-me who just feels neutral. But if I am me, and I am still a human, and I am still feeling, and I'm in some kind of afterlife where I am forced to watch or know anything about people who are still alive, or even if I'm not forced to watch or know anything about them, in my brain I will remember and I will be aware that there are all these humans suffering on earth, having no idea what awaits them in any kind of afterlife. And that would not be any kind of respite. That would not be peace. That would not be an antidote to life. That would just be more of the same. So, in fact, the only graceful solution to stop ourselves from having to endlessly experience the intensity of life is to take it away entirely. No more feeling. No more thinking. No more self-awareness. No more imagination. No more sensation at all. No more highs, no more lows. Nothing. It needs to be a total secession of everything that we experience as us, as awareness, as life. Otherwise, it's not a relief at all. So with that in mind, I actually completely flip And I realize that the thing I long for when life is done is nothing, is no more life. I don't want an afterlife that's just more of the same but in a cloud. And I don't want an afterlife where I'm completely transformed into somebody else. I want an ending where I get complete and utter relief from the overwhelming magic and miraculous intensity of being alive. And complete and utter nothingness is the only way that can be achieved. So now I have a totally different relationship to death. I don't want to die. I'm more or less enjoying being alive. It's an interesting adventure. I'm trying my best to accept the unpleasant, painful, suffering side of it, and I'm trying my best to lean in and enjoy the joyful, loving, connective side of it. But I know that I don't really fully get to decide when I'm going to die. And whenever it finally does happen, I'm ready to embrace the complete and utter relief. I'm ready to embrace the nothingness. It's kind of like those moments on like a Sunday where you wake up and you're still feeling kind of tired because you've forgotten what day it is and you're like, I gotta go up and work. And then you realize, no, it's Sunday. I don't have to work. And you immediately half-consciously lie back down. And in that brief moment as you're lying back down, you can see the nothingness of sleep coming. You can feel the, the complete lack of consciousness that is about to hit you. And you feel a kind of joy about it. You're like, oh yes, this is going to be so good to just disappear into the nothingness of sleep again. Of course, you know, that's a perfect time for you to have a kind of waking mid-morning nightmare. But if that doesn't happen, there is that sweet moment of anticipation for the narcotic of sleep. And I like to look at death as a bigger version of that. I'm not about to leap into it. 
I'm not trying to invite it. I, you know, I want to enjoy life as long as I can. But knowing that it's going to happen and it's not really under my control, I also kind of look forward to it. I kind of am excited to just get to experience nothing, to get a complete and utter relief from all of the responsibility, all of the worry, all of the pain, all of the fear. Like, think about all of the most intense and important things in your life, like your children, if you have children. Yes, that's a huge responsibility, and you want to help them, and you want to do best by them. And in any moment where you are conscious, even if you are conscious in some kind of afterlife, you are going to be worrying and thinking and desperately plotting and trying to help them in whatever way you can. So the only way you could possibly get a relief from that intensity, from that care, is if you got completely turned off. The only way a parent or a lover can fully relax is if you force them to completely cease to care or love or think ever again. That's your gift. That is your prize for having lived. As humans, we take on such responsibility, such seriousness, and we don't feel comfortable letting go of that. We try so hard to do what we think we need to do, to do what we think is right, or to do what we think we need to survive. It's so intense, and we're not going to just let go of it. We need something to force us to let go, and that is death. It's the best solution. It's the break we would never give ourselves. It's the complete and utter letting go and relief that we can never allow ourselves to do while we are conscious and alive. When you think about it like that, it's kind of this incredible gift. My mother always says that the best gift is to get something that someone really wants but would never, ever buy for themselves. It's like the ultimate luxury. You want it, but you just can't justify it. And I feel like that's what death is. We all want some complete and utter freedom and release from the intensity of life. But it's not something that we would ever give to ourselves. So the one gift that releases all of us eventually from responsibility, from consciousness, from trying and clawing and striving and hustling and surviving is not surviving at all. And all the pain and suffering and hardship that we've experienced, all of that is gone because we completely lose our brain. We completely lose our memory. We completely lose our trauma. We completely lose all of those dark and scary emotions that make the world seem so intense. In a pure void of nothingness, in complete and utter ceasing of existence, there is no demon there are no ghosts. There are no regrets. None of that is possible because everything has been completely obliterated. It really is a freedom of a kind. And even our desire 
to want to see our loved ones again, that desire ceases to exist as well. It's not like our hopes and dreams and desires for reconnection in an afterlife are dashed. No, they don't exist anymore. It's not a letdown. It's a freeing. It's a release. Any sense of failure, any sense of shame, any sense of pain, any regret, any trauma, any desire, any craving, let go. Off-duty. Full stop. Even our fear and grief and shame around death itself is gone in death. So everything that we're fighting against and avoiding in relation to death now is completely moot once we actually die. And I don't know about you, but when I think about death in that way, as a complete and utter end of everything, it doesn't seem so bad at all. It doesn't seem taboo. It doesn't seem morbid or scary or something we shouldn't talk about. It's more like the great freeing. Hey, have you thought about the great freeing? My friend, he got freed. I miss him. I'm, I'm not free. I wish he was still here in this amazing, miraculous prison that is life. But that's completely just about me. He is free of worrying about me. He's free of caring about me, for better or worse. He's free. Good for him. It's actually kind of selfish when you think about it. Except then I remember that I also will be freed and everyone else will be freed. So in the end, the, the amount of time between my friend being freed and me being freed in the grand scale of the universe is like nothing. And right now, at this specific point in history, it seems like as good a time as any to start having more conversations about death. Why? Because death is really in the news. But honestly, death is always happening, of course, and we know this. And we do talk about the fact that so-and-so died, or this many people are dying. But we're not really going deeper than that, I find. We're not really having conversations casually with our friends, with other people, about the fact that death is real, and it is happening, and it is going to happen to us, and it is okay. I think we can both honor and be honest about the way our nature creates all these emotions that inherently make death seem taboo and scary and sad, and at the same time, recognize that it is something natural and inevitable and perhaps even something advantageous, something that we can look forward to or appreciate when it happens, something that we can accept. I think we can have conversations that honor both sides of that experience. It can be this thing that we don't want to talk about and that we do talk about anyway. It can be this thing that feels really objectively bad and yet isn't. We can hold both of those things. We can hold those contradictions. That's the power of the human brain. 
So on the one hand, death is scary, and I don't want to die. And on the other hand, death seems like an incredible relief and the perfect solution to life. So I'm both avoiding it and looking forward to it at the same time. And finally, consider this. If heaven is supposedly this place of eternal peace, and a conscious social animal like us can only achieve eternal peace through a complete and utter lack of existence, then heaven is death. Death is heaven. As with so many religious teachings, it was just a metaphor or a misunderstanding all along. <laughs> 